Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. to the fighter versus the writer and uh the man i'm welcoming in today is not only co-host of the show in the past but he's coming off a monstrous win over the weekend avenged the past loss gotta be honest look better than ever i mean goodness gracious what a performance let me speak today welcome in Bilal muhammad Bilal, how are you <laughs> i'm good my brother thank you for the introduction i appreciate that Absolutely, man. Looking fresh. Uh, what a performance, man. I, I got to say, like, you've had strong performances. Your fight over Wonder Boy was incredibly impressive. Your fight over Damian Maya was incredibly impressive. But, man, the way you fought Vicente Luque was so incredibly impressive. You completely took him out of his game, and you, and you, impl- and you basically put your will on him. Uh, man, just congratulations. What a performance. Thank you, man. Yeah, honestly, uh, a lot of work went into this camp, a lot of hard work, a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of stress and anxiety and overthinking uh, this whole this whole camp just because fighting a guy that's beaten you before, uh, I was like, I cannot let this happen again. So I, I worked twice as hard, pushed myself to the, to the limits. Uh, my team, my, my coaches, we studied more than ever, um, and we figured out the perfect plan to, to beat a guy like that. And, uh, you know, he's a monster. You know, Luke, I think he's one of, still one of the best guys in the division. And uh, I proved that I'm one of the best guys in the division now. Now there's, like, no other excuses for anybody else to, to hate on me or, or call about me now. You know, I went out there and I beat a guy that finished me before, a guy that's finished uh, plenty of other guys before, and uh, took some of his best punches, gave him some of my best punches, and, uh, you know, just fought perfectly, I think. Absolutely, I agree. Can you give me a sense of going into the fight, what was the game plan, like when you guys studied him? Because your movement and the way you kind of made him chase you and then you were hitting him and he just ne- – again, we'll talk about the third round when he when he basically landed the one really good punch he had in the fight. But the entire fight, he's trying to, he's trying to chase you. He's trying to cut off the cage. You never allowed him to do that. Your movement was giving him so many problems, and then you were hitting him, hitting him, hitting him, and he just could not – find a home for anything was that just the game plan in and of itself did you see something in his game that kind of told you hey this kind of movement's going to give him problems yeah you know uh literally we're nothing but footwork and footwork and movement the whole camp because he's he's very good at planting his feet and uh when you're in front of him he'll he hits you hard because he plants his feet and he finishes a lot of guys that way that they get in a lot of brawls with them uh he's not afraid to take one to to give one and you know going back and looking at the Wonderboy fight, Wonderboy did very good at hitting and moving, hitting and moving, 
even Kiesa did very good at side shuffle, side shuffle, then sprinted in with his uh, uh, punches. Um, and I think that our game plan was to hit him. And then when he thinks we're going to stick to hitting him, that's when we shoot on him. When he thinks we're going to shoot on him, that's when we hit him. That's when he thinks we're going to bang with him, all right, we're going to move. When we hit him one, two, we're going to keep moving after that. Then when he gets frustrated, that's when we shoot, take him down. Um, you know, I think it's like, like I said, uh, I feel like I'm working with some of the best coaches, best team in the world. And I think that we just came out with the perfect plan. I just figured, man, I was like, at some point he's going to break because I was hitting him with some very good uh, body kicks and my kicks are hard. And I was like, one of these guys, I dropped this guy, man, but he wasn't showing no facial expression at all, man. But I'm like, this guy is tough. Yeah, I heard, maybe you can confirm this for me. I heard after the fight that Gilbert Burns actually came up to you and told you the body kicks uh, made a huge difference in the fight. So maybe he didn't show it during the fight, but did he say something to you afterwards? It was Luke. Luke told my coaches. Oh. Uh, yeah, Luke told my coaches uh, after the fight. Uh, yeah, man, those body kicks uh, hurt, man. They changed a lot. And, uh, you know, Luke, like I said, even after the fight, Luke was just like, so respectful man like as i said like such a good guy he's like yeah i prayed for palestine man and it was right after the fight and i was like like you know you don't expect that for somebody you just went to battle with and that's what i love about the sport love about being a real martial artist uh, a lot of respect for him yeah absolutely and the body kicks were nasty and the striking too you know going into the fight a lot of people i know you said this at the post fight presser a lot of people said will it be your grappling against his striking you've shown great striking in the past but we all we know how dangerous luke is i mean the guy's got one punch knockout power and you went out there and you were out striking him you were out grappling him like again i'm sure you would have loved a first round knockout that would have been sweet but at the same time like the way you dominated him for almost the entire five round period like that has to make you feel good because you beat him pretty much in every facet of the game. Yeah, honestly, uh, like I said, uh, regardless, I'm still going to have the trolls and the haters that don't respect my game, but I think that I got a lot of respect from a lot of high-end fighters. I've, I got tweets from Justin Gaethje, Cejudo, Frank Edgar, all these guys, my peers that respect my game, they respect what, I, what I've done, and they see that how I'm growing and getting better and respect from people like you who understand the sport and understand what it takes to to beat a guy like Luke and see the little things and beat him on the feet or beat him on the ground. Um, you know, it's telling me that all my hard work is finally uh, paying off. And, you know, like I said, I, I work super hard, man. I I, I literally bleed, bleed for bleed, uh, blood, sweat, and tears for this, this whole camp. And uh, I'm just glad it paid off. Absolutely. I got to ask you real quick about the takedowns, too, because your wrestling's always been a, a great weapon for you, but you were taking him down in the middle of the cage. We just don't see that that often anymore. Like, there's so many takedowns that happen against the cage. Even the best wrestlers in the sport rarely hit a really good double leg and put it in the middle of the octagon. You did that several times, and that was that blew me away because, one, Luke's not super easy to take down, but just the fluidity at which you were dropping your levels driving through the takedown and putting him down in the middle of the cage again you had to be happy with that because that's not easy to do yeah i said man so many people underestimate me like i said i'm not the best striker i'm not the best grappler i'm not the best wrestler but i put it all together better than anybody else in the division and my iq is better than anybody else in the division i think that my timing is better than anybody else in the division i think that uh for me i i practice it all and i like i don't i don't leave no stone unturned so like we knew that he was the type of guy that's gonna be in my face he's gonna pressure me forward 
uh, with Wonder Boy, I was able to pressure him forward and push him against the fence and take him down that way. So I knew that I was going to need different takedowns for Luke because that's how Luke does. He stands forward, stands right in front of you, and he has my back against the cage. So this whole camp, we were working on just different wrestling, uh, different takedowns, and seeing the open mat. And you know, I was, even with him, you know, I was hoping that he would give up his back at certain points and I'll be able to throw the hooks in and, and uh, get it finished. But he was doing a very good job of getting up properly and getting up the right way too and making it uh, difficult for me to hold him down uh, longer than I, I wanted. Yeah. I mentioned that third round. He did clip you with a good shot in the third round, which was kind of, as again, this is not, you know, this is just a, t- a testament to the performance you put on. Really, it was the only solid shot he really caught you with almost the entire fight. Not to say he didn't land punches, but that was the only seemingly clean punch he landed. But you recovered really well. You, you kind of backed off. You never allowed him to overwhelm you, which is that's what Vicente does. That's what he does. He waits for you to make a mistake and then he feasts on it. You never did that. Like, did you always have your composure? in that moment like did you ever really feel buzzed or did he, did he just catch you with a good one and then you recovered pretty quickly because again he never followed up which is that's what he does that's what Luke does he, he's like a, a shark in the water yeah yeah uh, you know he caught me and but I feel like I recovered really quickly really uh, got right back into it um, was just trying to get back into my movement like and then for me mentally it's like Dang, is this happening again? This is not going to happen again. And also, it's like, you want to get that one back. So, like, he just called me or something. I'm like, all right, I got to get that one back uh, a lot of the time. But my coaches were very good at telling me, all right, move, move, move. Get back to defense. Discipline, discipline, discipline. That was, that was the biggest key for this whole uh, camp was just being disciplined with my defense because, you know, like I said, all it takes is one shot from him. So, we did a whole lot of work on just keeping my hands up. Uh, you know, I, I used to have bad uh, attributes of dropping my hands, keeping my chin up when I'm moving and things like that. And, uh, you know, this whole camp, we wanted to make it just subconsciously. The hands are always up. Hands are always up. Hands up. Hands up. Discipline, discipline, discipline. And my coach was screaming to me and I was able to recover, thankfully, and uh, end up getting a takedown in that third round as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you said it to me before the fight below. You said, you know, when you beat Damian Maya, people were trying to discredit you and said, well, he's, you know, he, he was on his, on his way to retirement, whatever. You beat Wonder Boy. They said, oh, well, Wonder Boy is past his prime. He's not the same Wonder Boy. You said, what excuse are they going to have when I go out there and do that to, to Vicente Luque coming off of four or five wins in a row? Four finishes in a row, you know, finishing the former champion Tyron Woodley, going out there and having that crazy good fight with Michael Chiesa, all the things he's done. Do you feel like that was the exact kind of statement you wanted to make in a fight like that? Because, again, first-round knockout, yes, it would have been great. It would have been sweet, all those kind of things. But I think the way you dominated him for five rounds, you never allowed him to get in the fight, said a lot about who you are as a fighter and, and doing it in a main event. Do you feel like that was the kind of statement you wanted to make? And as you said on, on Saturday night, what do you got to say now? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I felt like that was the – that was the performance I wanted. That was the performance I wanted. Obviously, you always want to finish. Um, there's always going to be doubters, no matter what. They're always going to hope and pray that I that I lose and fail. But uh, I think that I earned a lot of respect from a lot of people, and a lot of people now have their eyes open with me now, and now they see. And then when you're looking back at it, uh, this last 15 months, this is going to be that was my fifth uh, top ranked uh, opponent that I fought, uh, three top five guys that I, I fought, even though Leon Edwards wasn't a full fight. It was still a top five guy that I accepted to fight with. And there's a lot of these guys that are in the top five that aren't fighting top contenders that aren't fighting anybody that's top ranked. I have two wins over top five guys. Now three wins over top 10 guys now in the last year. 
and I'm the only one out here saying yes to fight the best guys. And I, and I think that it's more so now where people are realizing that, you know, all right, this guy's not going anywhere. This guy's still staying at the top. There's, you know, all right, we, we try to give him this. That didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work. All right, let's give him the guy that knocked him out. Fudge, that didn't work either. <laughs> uh, so now they're like, I don't know what we have to do. I think that now they're, they're trying to starting to figure out that, you know, I think this guy's going to end up with the belt around his waist. I don't know how to, how to stop this guy. Yeah, I love it. Uh, we years ago we did a story. I'm sure you remember we did a story about. I think it was when you were going to fight in Abu Dhabi, and we talked about the dedication you've had for the Palestinian people and always giving that a lot of attention uh, and and necessary attention. Let's be honest about that. Uh, you took the platform you had on Saturday night main event. You got a captive audience. And I'm a big, big believer in, you know, use that mic time, man. Whatever you're going to use it for, whether you're calling somebody out or calling somebody to a cause. Uh, we saw it last week with Mike Mallett when he talked about his coach who was going through a really tough time with his daughter with cancer. And then that GoFundMe blew up. You use your mic. People will pay attention. How important was it for you, your first big main event like that, coming off a big main event win, to uh, to, to use that platform and, and kind of, you know, kind of shout that out, something that, that people don't think about a lot? Honestly, it, it meant the, the world to me that, uh, and it, I appreciate the UFC giving me that platform and that opportunity to to give me the the mic and let me say those things because it's I, I tell myself all the time I have to be a voice for the voiceless, like the people they don't know about. Uh, the world will cry for Ukraine, the world will go nuts for them, and it's uh, I pray for those people as well. I pray for all these people that are uh, you know being mistreated and the Palestinian people for so many years, they, it happens every time they, they're it's the same for them as it is for these people. Now that you're just starting to notice it with the Ukrainian people that Palestine has been going through it, through it for hundreds of years. And, you know, it just started re-escalating again, right when Ramadan started. So I knew that every Ramadan it happens and it happened literally the week before my fight where it started getting worse over there. Uh, and like I said, I, I just literally just pray for peace and, uh, coexistence and like being a Muslim is I don't have hate for anybody. I don't have hate for any religions. Uh, I just want people to be humans and to see us as humans and, you know, to know that we exist, that when I carry that flag and people tell me, Oh, you're American. It doesn't matter. I'm carrying the flag for people that they don't have opportunity to carry that flag for themselves. They don't have anybody that can do that for them. So for me to be able to do that, it just means the world to me and for me to get that win and to know that I'm getting messages from people from Palestine that are saying that they love me and that win meant so much for them and they lost their home and everything and just watching me win uh, made their day and made their month. It, like, it's heartbreaking for me, but it's also just so satisfying. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I thought it was really cool you did that. Also, everyone talked about it. I, I feel like I keep bringing up past things we've done, Bilal, because I'm just saying I was ahead of the curve on everyone else, Bilal, in terms of your career. I'm just saying. Like, I've been I've been shouting up Bilal Muhammad for many, many years. Uh, going back a few years, we did the story uh, where you talked about fighting during Ramadan because you're one of the only guys who does it. And again, I have nothing but the utmost respect for any of the guys who don't do it because it's not easy. And, and I put up a quote on Saturday night, and you said – 
uh, you always you always look at it as a way to make yourself better. And you said because every everyone says I'm having a hard training camp or I'm having the best training, but I know my opponents aren't fasting. I know my opponents aren't going through what I'm going through. You kind of condition yourself. Now, I know you said after the fight, one of these days I need to stop doing this, but it is it is kind of your thing now, right? Like this is like the third or fourth time you've done it. Yeah, I know. I'm literally I'm telling my Ali no more, no more uh, during Ramadan uh, because it's. it's like you said, it's it's harder, but also it just makes me want to, uh, you know, it makes me more mentally strong during that month and pushes me, I know, to different levels. Um, but also I got to just give more respect to, to to just focusing straight nothing on the religion or nothing, everything out of my head, but the month should be just dedicated to the religion. So for myself, I want, like I tell myself all the time, like I need to stop doing that Uh because that's what it's supposed to be a holy month. It's supposed to be a holy month of nothing but religion, faith, uh, concentrating on that, bettering yourself as a Muslim, and, you know, having a fight and concentrating, you know, you're, you're overthinking too about fighting too and things like that. So n- no more after this, but, you know, who knows? If you call me again for another main event Muhammad spot. I'm always going to say, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying it right now. Watch. It's going to be the title fight. You know, that's going to happen, right? Well, they're going to call you be like, Hey, we got a title fight for you, but it's going to be during Ramadan. You know, that's going to happen, right? <laughs> oh man. hundred percent. Watch. It's going to be, and it's going to be like in Chicago, the United center. Like, hey, uh, we have this bottle <laughs> of water. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what you're going to do? You're going to say, yep, give it to me. <laughs> for sure. Um, let, you know, of course, you know, coming out of that win, you know, in terms of where you're at in the division, you know, we, we, we kind of look at the lay lane. Now, of course, afterwards you called out Colby Covington and it's kind of funny right before the fight, I did a story and you talked about how you still wanted that Colby Covington fight. And I joked on Saturday, I said, you're literally going through the entire nice guy division after, after Damian Maya, wonder boy, now Vicente Luca, you've wiped out the nice guy division. And by the way, and I mean, this is a true compliment, Bilal, you are an incredibly nice guy yourself. You can trash talk, you can have fun, but you actually are incredibly nice guys yourself so before i get to anything else have you solidified yourself are you officially the nmf they, they say that the, the nicest mofo champion have you officially because you've now taken out all three guys i do that's like that's a that's a perfectly good point right there i'm like i'm sitting there like man people uh, i get tweets all the time of people like hating on me and everybody's like bro because you're beating the freaking nicest guys in the ufc <laughs> they have the, the nicest fan base and like you're beating their, their their favorite fighters and i'm like oh that's a good point and it's like i get all the time my brother's like oh why don't you talk trash to them talk trash to them. i'm like bro i'm not gonna talk trash to Maya. i'm not gonna talk trash to wonder i'm not gonna talk trash to luke uh like you said i'm a nice guy myself so i don't like to fake it so you know what now there's some scumbags up at the top that uh, I would have some fun talking trash to and uh, going back and forth with. Yeah, well, you are uh, you are the nice guy champion for now, but that's all going to end very soon because you mentioned the guys that are at the top of the division. You mentioned Colby Covington, the name you want. I know Hamzad is the other guy out there. You put the tweet out there saying, hey, July 5th, Hamzad or Colby, I'm ready to go. Um, I know you called out Colby, and and I think the Col- a lot of people said why are you calling out Colby because they already said they're going to make the Hamza fight. I got to be honest, and and I think you know this, Bilal, and I think a lot of people will agree with me. There's no guarantee Colby's going to take the the Hamza fight. Let's just be completely honest about that. We don't that fight's not signed, it's not done, nothing's been you know nothing's been official. So, but in a perfect world, what is the better fight? Is it Colby or is it Hamza? Because Hamza's got the hype right now. He's got all the attention in the world coming off the Gilbert Burns fight. 
Colby is the guy I know you don't like. You've been calling out Colby Covington for the past two years in interviews we've been doing, so I know you really want that fight on a personal level. What one would mean more to you? Uh, yeah, you're right. I, I tell people that. I'm like, they're like, oh, well, Condor's going to fight Kobe. I'm like, Kobe's not taking that fight. Look at, look who Kobe's fighting. Look who Kobe's calling out. He's calling out 55ers. Uh, now that his tooth is broken, he's probably going to be on the sidelines for a couple of years uh, <laughs> until he gets some money from uh, Masvidal. But for me, it's either one of those fights. Like, both of those fights, I feel like the buildup would be pretty good. Kamzat was one of the trolls that uh, tweeted out, Luke ain't knocking me out, so I have no respect for him. I'm down to fight him. Any like that fight would mean a lot to me to to beat a guy like that, where who everybody thinks is invincible and is untouchable. Uh, obviously, he had a great fight against Gilbert Burns. It was nothing but respect for both those guys, but uh, definitely want to beat him. I want to be the guy that stops him. The guy that I don't want to have no excuses over the next guy that I beat. That they say, oh well, this guy's still here. He's gonna get the title shot next. Like. I know that being Luke, uh, I know that Kamza was still there. So they were going to, if Kamza beat Gilbert Burns, I was going to be stuck in that. Well, Hamza's still going to, should fight Usman next. So now it's like, I want to fight. If Hamza fights Kobe and I fight somebody else, if Hamza beats Kobe, he's getting a title shot before me. So I'd rather just skip all that, fight him, five round fight. Winner gets a title shot. Makes, makes a lot of sense to me, I think. No, I agree. I agree. And and again, uh, you know, you've been the guy who, you know, since day one, you've been calling for the Hamza fight. You know, you were supposed to get him in London. We talked about that. Uh, they offered it to you, accepted. Unfortunately, it didn't end up happening. And I know you talked about it before the fight that, you know, you were impressed by Hamza's performance, but you're not Gilbert Burns in the way you fight. And I can't see you going into a Hamza fight and just biting down on your mouthpiece and swinging punches until one of you falls over. Now, Gilbert Burns, Listen, I can't say enough good things about that guy. That guy's a monster. He's a warrior. And, you know, all the love in the world to that guy. I, I talked to Gilbert last week. I mean, again, I can't say enough good things about that performance. But I know you're not Gilbert. You're not going to fight him the way Gilbert fought him. Uh, do you like that matchup in terms of style, especially now that we've seen a little more out of him? Because before, there just really wasn't much to judge on. Like, it was just such dominant one-sided performances. We really didn't know much about him. Yeah, honestly, I, like that was the perfect thing. That's what I wanted out of that fight. Uh, I was like, you know, I, I like Gilbert, so I was rooting for Gilbert in general just because we're boys. Uh, but I was like, I want to see at least three rounds. I don't care what happens. I just don't want it to be a, a quick knockout on either side because I want to see what Hamza really got in him. And, you know, we, we got a lot of tape on him now. Now we've seen things. Uh, when, like I said, when I was training for him for the London fight, when I thought I was going to fight him in London, I watched tape on him already, and I was sitting there looking at openings, and the openings that I saw from watching those tapes, I saw in the Gilbert Burns fight as well. So I see a lot of openings. And like I said, I think I'm very good at breaking down fighters and analyzing what it takes to beat those guys. And I do see a lot of uh, ways for me to beat Hamza. And like you said, Gilbert's one of those guys that he's going to be in there. You, let's bang it out. Uh, you want to throw, I'm going to throw. For me, I'm going to figure out. It's For me, it's chess. You want to play chess? I'm going to take you to places where your your queen can't go i'm gonna you're gonna think that i'm doing this but i'm gonna doing that and uh that's how i beat a lot of these guys because i outsmart them yeah absolutely in your heart of hearts do you feel like it's gonna be hamzat because uh i gotta be honest below i talked about colby not taking the hamzat fight i don't know that colby would take a fight with you either yeah as i said i don't think colby's gonna take a fight uh with either of us um 
who he's looking for somebody off of losses or he's looking for a 55er uh, or I think he's going to probably call out like a Nick Diaz or Nate Diaz. Uh, he's going to wait on the sidelines for one of those type of fights. And uh, I just don't think he's going to take any tough matchups really. Uh, so like I said, I'm a guy that likes to stay busy. I like to stay active. I like to stay fighting. I know Hamza likes to stay fighting, stay active. So I think it, it, coming off back-to-back weeks of us fighting, I think that one makes a lot of sense, uh, especially with the title fight looming. Yeah, you mentioned July 5th. You mentioned, you know, coming up in July, uh, we know that's going to be International Fight Week. You mentioned at the presser, you know, wanting to fight on the same card as Usman and Leon Edwards if that gets done because, you know, you're just waiting for the moment when Leon somehow doesn't get to fight and you end up stepping into the main event. Um, But is there part of you that if it ends up being the Hamzad fight, and again, it could be on a pay-per-view because they've done it, but do you feel like that's got to be five rounds? Like, is there part of you that says, I want that as a main event because three rounds just doesn't... Because your cardio, your condition, the way you push the pace, I would be very interested to see how Hamza would do in a fight like that because you do approach a fight like that in a different way. Yeah, I think it has to be five rounds. I think uh, me coming off this fight, five-round fight, uh, I showed that I could go full five rounds. I think for Hamza, for himself, you know, he was telling Gilbert, yeah, let's go five rounds. Uh, So I think that he would want a five-round fight too to test himself before a title fight in general too because I think if we do fight each other, the winner's for sure going to get a title fight. So I think that he would want a five-round fight himself to test himself and see where he's at. And I think it makes the most sense. You've seen big fights in the UFC, uh, like a Nate Diaz and uh, 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 Masvidal go five rounds or, or uh, uh, the Poirier fight goes five rounds. So they made co events and stuff, five-round fights. So I think that they would make this fight a five-round fight for sure if it goes through. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. Let me let me throw out one other just small caveat to this because again, we know Hamza, we know Colby. The only other guy out there would be uh, would be Gilbert, and Gilbert's the only other guy in the rankings right there. Would you have any desire to visit that fight only because he is coming off a loss? And and again, I know there's maybe a bit of a storyline because of the Gilbert, because of the uh, Vicente Luque thing. That's his best friend, his brother, all those kind of things. Or or are you kind of keeping your focus on Hamza or Colby because they are coming off wins? And I would imagine a win over either one of them would pretty much guarantee you a title shot. I mean, Gilbert was cheering for Luque in the crowd. I was like, come on, Gilbert. I thought we were boys. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, yeah, you know, obviously, like I don't, I don't think he lost any uh, momentum by losing to Hamza. That was a great fight, but for me, honestly, I feel like I'd rather fight one of the other two, just because, you know, like I said, I've trained at Sanford before. I would want to get training in with a guy like Gilbert if I'm fighting Hamza. Uh, I would, I would want something like that because he's been in the cage with them, and you know, we're cool on that point where we would train with each other. I don't think he would, he would be mad or anything about it or any animosity toward it. So. Uh, yeah, I'd rather they train with their team instead of fight their team again because I like their team. Jared Gordon's down there. My boy, Henry Hoop, uh, is the man. I, I love, uh, you know, watching his tapes, talking to him all the time too. So, uh, you know, I, like I said, I, if it happens, it happens, but I'd rather fight one of the other two that, you know, I could actually get riled up for and talk trash to it, you know, go back and forth with. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And listen, I, you know, like I said, I like either matchup, but I don't want to put Colby 
completely out of the thought process here because, again, I know that's one you've wanted forever, but I'm just playing the odds here, and I think odds are, you know, I don't think he's – I personally don't think he's going to take the Hamza fight. I just don't. I don't I don't think that's a fight yeah. he's going to want to take. We already know he's – I mean, even if he beats Hamza, there's no guarantee they're going to just give him a third fight with Usman because he already lost twice. So it's like, what, you know, I, what does he gain outside of a big risk of getting beat? You know what I mean? So it's like, you know – I agree with you, Nate Diaz, Nick Diaz, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, I see that as a much more likely scenario than him taking the Hamza fight. And then, again, Hamza needs somebody. You're coming off a main event win, coming off several wins in a row. That does kind of make the most sense, if I'm being honest. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel like it's a clear path, and it's a clear number one contender fight, honestly, if you're really looking at it. And to me, either one of us – win this fight there's like no denying us the title shot yeah can i ask you you mentioned of course the leon usman fight let's just play devil's advocate and say it does happen you know as it's scheduled um you know gilbert gilbert told me when i talked to him after the fight with uh after i talked to him after the fight with with hamzat he said that he you know he actually thought you know leon would be a little tougher matchup for usman than a lot of people imagine because of his footwork because of his striking but I don't think anyone has told me they're going to pick Leon Edwards to beat Usman. Um, I know you're not the biggest Leon Edwards fan in the world. And I don't think you have any kind of beef with Usman outside of wanting to take his title. But do you give Leon a good shot against Usman, or do you think that's going to be one-way traffic? Honestly, to me, I think it's going to be one-way traffic. Uh, feeling Leon in the first uh, round that we had, uh, in the grappling sequences we had, uh, like he didn't feel strong at all. Uh, and I think that Usman, the way that he's getting better and better every single fight and the way that Leon's not fighting at all and not really competing at all. I just think that and then coming his last fight uh, when was against a guy like Nate Diaz. Uh, I think that Usman's just going to be too much for him uh, coming off of two big wins against like a uh, Masvidal and a uh, Kobe Covington and Leon's coming off of a three year layoff and uh, a win against Nate Diaz. I think that Usman, it's gonna be, I think, a re, like a replay of the first fight. I think he's gonna take him down, control him on the ground. Uh, and Leon is fast on the feet. He has good hands, good footwork. Uh, but I think that Usman will be able to grab a hold of them and uh, be able to control them the whole time. Yeah, it's so funny you mentioned it after the fight. And listen, I get listen. There's a lot of I do. There's some things I feel bad for Leon because again, you he he didn't start the pandemic. He didn't cancel the fight with Woodley. He didn't try to get COVID when he was going to fight Hamza. So there's been some misfortune that's kind of befallen him. Uh, but at the same time, he has been out so long. And and again, his his biggest win in you know recent years has been the Nate Diaz fight, which was a fight afterwards. Everyone's talking about Nate because of the fifth round when Nate almost came back and beat him. And I know you said that afterwards, but like. Like, at this point, it feels like it's a done deal, but I know it's not a done deal. But, like, is there a part of you that's like, hey, should the UFC revisit who actually gets the next title shot? Because, in theory, Hamzat's win over Gilbert is bigger than, you know, uh, the fights that Leon's had recently. Now, I like, I, listen, I have nothing against Leon Edwards. And, like I said, a lot of what's happened to him, I do feel bad for him about. Uh, but is there a party that's like, hey, or, or are you just, like, not even trying to think about it? Like, okay, they're giving the title shot. Let's just do it and move on. Like, like, I want to say that, and honestly, if you're looking at it, but it makes me, I don't want people to, anytime I bring up Leon's name, people are like, oh, crybaby, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. But, you know, literally, like, who is he beat that's in the top 10? Who is he beat that's ranked? Nobody. Uh, I know he has a lot of wins, but like I said, I've fought five ranked guys in the last year, 
beat uh, three or four top uh, ten guys in the last year, and he's beat a 55er. And before that, he's beat nothing but 55ers. And I know Dana White promised him this title shot, uh, but like I said, you you go back, you look at it. I think Dana needs to uh, revisit his thought process. I know that uh, a lot of that has to do with uh, Leon having the same manager as uh, McGregor, but uh, you know McGregor's on the sidelines. I don't think McGregor's coming back anytime soon. So maybe you can just tell Leon to kick rocks. <laughs> do you think that actually plays influence in terms like you know Connor maybe touting for Leon behind the scenes? I, I don't know. You know, you never know. You get Dana White privilege uh, <laughs> when you connect to the, the Irish game. <laughs> well, like I said, I, we're all acting like it's a foregone conclusion. But you're right; nothing's done. Nothing's a done deal. But I do think if they're going to do Usman versus Leon, I think you and uh, and Hamzat is a five round co main event. That sounds pretty uh, pretty enticing to me. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Honestly. So now you mentioned, of course, you're still, of course, you know, honoring Ramadan right now. So you mentioned after the fight, you're, you're not going to be able to pick out or anything right now because you're still fasting during the day, during daylight hours, all those kind of things. Are you going to be able to celebrate? Are you going to are you going to enjoy this victory a little bit? Or are you going to kind of just get right back in the gym? Yeah, honestly, as I said, it's like the perfect It's actually worked out perfectly because, you know, right after a fight, you want to just eat nothing but trash. And uh, now I have to sit there and wait till 7.30 to eat this trash. Uh, so it works out better for me because the the week after the fight, I take off. And, you know, I'm just sitting down watching TV, watching Netflix. And, you know, when you're watching Netflix, that's when the snacks come out. So now <laughs> I'm going to be there, hungry, starving. And uh, when it becomes time to, to eat, my stomach's already going to be shrunk. So uh, my body's probably going to be thinking I'm cutting weight again. So it's probably going to be like, it's going to get stuffed after one meal. Uh, so I think my weight's going to be pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely, like I said, I'm, I always go back, watch the tape, see what I need to work on differently, see what I need to fix, see what, uh, what I could uh, change better. And like I said, now that I moved up the, the rankings, now, like I said, the, the window's smaller of who I'm going to fight. So now I start looking at these guys, start breaking down each one of these guys uh, the way that I would fight each one of them because I don't know which one they're going to call me for, but I know it's going to be one of those top two or three guys. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And like I said, I don't want to just, you know, I don't want to put all the eggs in one basket, but I think the comms that fight is the one that's going to, it's just going to happen. I just honestly believe that because when you look at the lay of the land, I think that's the one they're going to make. But again, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I'm not opposed to being wrong. But like I said, I think that's the matchup they're going to end up making because I just don't see Colby taking that fight. Yeah. And you know me, I'm the guy that's never going to say no. And uh, <laughs> I doubt he'll say no. So it makes, let's get it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, Bilal, I truly do mean it when I say what an incredible performance, man. Enjoy this victory because you earned it. That was, uh, I mean, just incredible strategy, incredible execution. Uh, again, knockout would have been nice, but I honestly think the five-round performance was better because you got to beat him in every facet of the game over five rounds. No excuses, no lucky punches, none of that garbage. So incredible performance, man. Congratulations again. Enjoy the victory. And I look forward to chatting again, uh, get you back on the podcast. We'll have you back here playing analyst before too long as well. Uh, but for now, enjoy the victory. And uh, thank you as always for taking the time. You know, I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Appreciate your time. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. Okay. All right, brother. All right. Bye-bye. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. 
and Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Want to say a big thank you, of course, to Bilal Muhammad for joining the show today. Just a couple days removed from his big win in a main event over Vicente Luque. Right now, we're going to move on to another interview I conducted on uh, on Monday, talking to another man who fought this past weekend. Unfortunately, he had a uh, different kind of ending to his fight, uh, an inconclusive ending, let's say. It's always a pleasure to speak to this man, and uh, in my opinion, he is the number one light heavyweight in the sport. And if there's a question about that, I think those answers, uh, those questions were answered this past weekend. A lot to talk about, of course. So welcome back to great Corey Anderson. Corey, how are you? I'm good, Dan. How about yourself? I'm fantastic, man. I appreciate you taking time. I know we're only a couple days removed from the fight. Uh, a lot to talk to you about, but let me ask first, how are you feeling afterwards? Uh, you know, it seemed like, again, you were pretty dominant in the fight. Didn't come away any injuries. How are you feeling today? I mean, just sore pretty much, you know. Uh, with the way the fight went, the way it ended, I didn't sleep much. So, you know, I was up drinking and hanging out with my friends. And, like, throughout yesterday and the day before, I was, like, the soreness was kicking me as I was up. So I'm real tired, you know, kicking it, trying to keep my mind off the way it ended in the travel and whatnot. So I'm sore, I'm tired, but nothing real serious, nothing where I need time to, like, heal or anything. Just going to take some time off and just let the body calm down from the soreness and get back to training pretty hard. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's start, you know, before we talk about the ending, let's talk about the fight itself because, you know, it was a, it was a really strong performance from you. You know, fairly close first rounding back and forth. Obviously, you had your shots. He had a couple in there as well. But then second and third round were pretty lopsided in your favor. Third round in particular. Uh, beyond the stoppage, which we'll get to in a second, how do you feel you did in the fight? How would you kind of grade your performance? A plus. I did exactly what I was supposed to. First round, I mean, I'll say, I give that like a B minus. The plan was the weather to storm a little bit, but I was a little flat. I was very, very flat. Coming out in the first round, I don't know what it was. Even my best friend who was in the crowd, one of my trainer parts, he said, it just seemed like you was flat, but like at one point, you hit like a quick fake, and then shortly after that, you started getting your bounce back. But other than that, like the performance went exactly like I said it was. So to everybody, like I know he's going to have a kick game. That's about it. He's going to come out fast. He's going to be bouncing nonstop. He's going to throw that jab. And just everything I knew was going to happen, happened. It's just I was a little flat at the beginning. And got caught with a few shots that I shouldn't have got hit with. The uh, the kick game, you actually kind of took that away from him because it seemed like after that first round, he didn't really throw anything because you had the, the threat of the takedown. And once you got him down, it seemed like he just didn't want to kick anymore. Did you notice that? Yeah. I mean, I was part of it. I was, we knew the kicks would come, and we knew eventually if we get timing on the takedowns, that would probably stop him, you know, because the chance of getting taken out is a lot higher if I catch a kick 
as you're throwing and you're off balance, it's a lot harder to keep your balance on one foot than it is two. So once we started attacking, I felt those kicks would slow down eventually, and they did. Yeah. Yeah. Second round, you got your takedown. Third round, you got your takedown. And and again, dominant in both rounds. Um, I won't say easier because that's the wrong word. But I mean, was it was he easy? I when I say easier, I don't mean it's an insult. Was he easier to control on the ground than what you meant, than what you expected? Because you were pretty dominant. Like he couldn't really get out from under you. You were passing his guard. And again, you're a very dominant fighter, but you know we've not really seen Nimkov get kind of dominated that way. Did you kind of see it going that way? Are you surprised how easily you were able to kind of move around his guard, move him around, kind of control him from the top? I actually thought it was a better move him around a lot easier, to be honest. Like I told the coaches first thing I said in the back, like, yo, he was a lot stronger than I expected. Like I knew he was going to be strong, but not in fact like strength strong, but like his jujitsu guard and his Z guard and his frames were stronger to pass. Like the times I was trying to smash his legs, to just get into like a three-quarter mount was a little harder than I expected because we never seen him in that position. Like you said, nobody ever seen him down there. Usually he just turns his back and wrestles his way up. So that's what I expected from him to do, but he actually played the jiu-jitsu game the right way, keeping the frames, which made it harder for me to rain off my ground upon like I wanted to. Yeah, but you were still very dominant in the second round. Then the third round you come out and you actually hit him with a couple of shots. The right hand in particular – I thought he was hurt pretty badly. Now, you tell me in the moment. Again, I'm, I literally watched the replay again like 15 minutes ago just to make sure it was fresh in my head. But you hit him with that left right, but you hit him with the right, and I think the right really hurt him. Now, you tell me, like, did you feel like he was wobbled in that moment? Because it sure looked like he was. Yeah, he was on stinky legs. He covered it up well. He played, did it really well. He got a good game face. I hit him, and I saw his knees kind of like go a little bit when I first hit him, and then after he started running outside the cage, and I started cutting him off just to take away his running room, and I knew – He's either going to throw a big shot or a big kick or he's going to shoot as I cut him off on his cage. He did exactly that. He forced that shot. Yeah. You get him down, and this time, not only are you dominating, but you're really landing some hard shots. There was one elbow in there that made me cringe a little bit because it was pretty nasty. Uh, you hit him with a couple. I mean, did you did you kind of feel like – be, before the stoppage, like you would really like that was kind of the beginning of the end. I understand we still had two more rounds to go. I understand things can change. I don't want to like you know completely negate what you know what he could have potentially done. But did you feel like that was starting to become the beginning of the end in terms of what you were doing to him, the punishment you were dishing out in that third round? Yes, hundred percent. I felt like everything just drained away slowly. You can just tell after he went for that choke. I can't remember the second and third when he got that choke. But after he got the little choke on the cage. And I got out of that, I felt from there, that was like his last. He used everything he had trying to squeeze that choke off, trying to get the finish. And I felt once I passed, he just kind of like, he was just going with the flows, like survival at that mo moment. Like he wasn't trying to get up, but he was trying to keep me from landing shots on his face where the ref wouldn't stop it. Yeah. So let's just go ahead and talk about the, the ending because, I, again, I rewatched it just before this just to make sure I had everything fresh in my head. And the way it went was basically you went to throw an elbow, you went to throw it down, and he had moved his head out of the way, and that's really what led to the clash of heads. You were diving down with the elbow, and he had shifted the other way to try to avoid it, and that's where the, the clash of heads. Um, I, can, have you rewatched it like since the fight? I know it was a lot going on that night. Did you rewatch it and see like how it ended? Yeah, I rewatched it, and what you said, same thing I saw. He had his little his uh, frame with his legs, and when I went to drop the elbow, he felt I was coming down, but instead of staying his head here, he kind of shifted. And when he shifted, he got to push my body out. So I like more of a sprawl. I was sprawling down to smash his legs and trying to drop all my weight at the same time. So it was like I fell. But when he kicked my legs out, my head went down first and his head shifted over. So 
we collided right at the eyebrow area. I hit about here and it hit him here. Yeah. You, uh, in that moment, and I know you talked about the post-fight press conference. You said, you know, you were a good sport because you immediately, you know, showed Frank Trigg, you tapped your head that it was a head bug. So I know he winced and he kind of, you know, you saw him kind of wince in pain. And then you went like this, you tapped your forehead and then obviously they paused at three seconds left. Now, hindsight is twenty twenty. core. We all understand that. Like you in the moment, you're being a good sport. And you talked about that in the moment. And at the post-fight, you said, you know, I was a good sport. I told him what happened. Looking back at it now, can you give me your thoughts on how that played out? Like, is there any regret that like you did? Cause it's again, it's three seconds. It ends. They go to the scorecards because there was three seconds left. They didn't go. I mean, it was the weirdest. It was the weirdest like chain of events, I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah. I was talking about this with my wife. He has to come back from the airport. I don't know if I would be happy if I had to go. So three seconds went off, you know, because people are going to always say, even though I was dominating, we all saw the fight was going People are always going to say, you actually didn't finish him. There's two rounds left. There's still two rounds left. You never really finished the fight, so you can't say. You know, I would have been happy at least to be the champ. And then they could have rematch- made a rematch still. You know, they would have probably made a rematch either way because the way it ended. But I don't know how I would feel, to be honest, because I don't have the belt and I don't have the million to say. But, like I said, I was, I've been thinking about it. Like, if I had the belt, if that three seconds would have ended and the fight was over, like, I'm confident with the fact that I was going to just do the same thing the next two rounds if it even went that far. But at the same time, I would love to have that clarity to just show, like, without the head button or not, I went out there and dominated. At the same yeah. time, I don't know if it would change my feelings. Right now, if I had the belt sitting right here behind me on this interview with a million-dollar checkup on the board, you just don't know until it happens. Yeah. Do you do you regret no, like basically signaling to to refer to the referee that you had to clash heads? Like, I guess that's the bigger question, right? Because if you don't, the the ending may have still come. They may have just done a replay and showed us the clash heads, and that's it. But do you regret actually being a good sport? Because you were a good sport. You were like you were honest. Like you 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 told him, yeah, it was a, it was a head clash. I do, and I don't because one thing about I'm just a good sport, you know, as a former college wrestling coaches teach my kids always be a good sport no matter what no matter what always do the right thing be a good sport and that's just the way my mom raised me and again that's just something i've been thinking about like would i have not said that because frank trick told me keep going keep going why are you stopping like he said it if you watch back at first when it was 10 seconds when it landed like keep going keep going why are you stopping i said it then and he came around and he said something again that's why i said it again tap my head like i headbutted him like, we clash heads, that's all. And even Mark Henry was like, keep going. It's like, it's like just finish around. Like, I even look back at him, like, it was like, I'm just, that's just the type of person I am. You know, I could have kept going and played all like, no, nah, no, nah, we never hit heads. But I was being fair, you know. I don't want to win anything cheating. I'll never do steroids. I'll never cheat any system. I don't do anything to get an advantage. I want to go out there and show I'm the best just Physically, mentally, everything I do, I'm going to win it fair and square. You're not going to say Corey cheated any kind of which way or form. Yeah, and I love that about you, and I think that says a lot about who you are as a person. Because we got to be honest, there's a lot of and I listen. I get it. If you said, "Hey, the end of the round," and then and then you tell him, like, I wouldn't. Again, I understand that. Like, I'm not. You know, that's the heat of the moment. And sometimes, you know, honestly, you may not know what happened. I mean, you know, you did clash heads. You did feel it. But again, heat of the moment, adrenaline pumping. Maybe you don't know the fact that you did do that says a lot about your character. Because I guarantee you, there'd be a lot of people who wouldn't. And I don't think the world would freak out and say you you, you were a dirty fighter uh, because you just didn't realize what happened. Like I said, it says a lot about your character that you actually did tell the referee. 
And again, you had no idea that it was going to stop the fight, of course. You know, you have no idea that, you know, the cut's going to be so bad. And that was also, again, credit to the ringside physicians, credit to everyone there. And the, the cut was bad. Don't get me wrong. It was bad. Were you surprised? Like, because they waved it off, like, immediately. Like, they just looked at it two seconds, yeah. and they said it was done. Were you surprised they didn't, like, try a little harder to see if they could, like, you know, close up the cut and let it go on? That definitely surprised me. Like, you could see when it was announced in no contest, and I was looking at him. Like, I faced him and just looked at him. One of them looked me in my eyes so I can get a clear look. Like, I know. Like, they put Vaseline in it when he sat down and stopped bleeding instantly. Like, it wasn't like it was flowing profusely anymore. You could have put the Vaseline on there. Like, you could at least try to go back, you know, at least doctors try to put the Vaseline, try to do something, have a cut man work it to see if something would happen. But it was literally, he stood up, doctor looked like, oh, oh. it was like, now that, that did bother him. Like, at least give it a chance. Like, give him an opportunity. At least ask him, see what he thinks. See if it's going to keep bleeding. And you know, it is what it is. So, not going to yeah. get into it. Not even see y'all work up. Yeah, you you said at the at the post fight presser, you said you know uh, one of your coaches, you got that advice years ago. You know, you, you you got five minutes to sulk. I think you've actually said that to me in the past. We talked in past interviews, and you said you know you get five minutes to sulk and then you move on. But I can't lie to you, Corey. I mean, the emotional moment here we are two days removed, and I'm still feeling. I'm like, man, it just kind of breaks my heart because you were. You were winning dominantly, dominantly winning the fight. And again, three seconds, all these things we look at in hindsight, but uh, is your emotion today any different than it was on Friday in terms of how you feel about the way everything played out? It's a lot more at ease, but it still kind of burns, you know? But that was my moment to finally get my belt, you know, the thing I worked for forever, you know? And uh, now I just think I got to do it again. And the biggest thing I got to go through camp again, not just for me and the family, but Coaches got to travel again. I got to get training partners to fly back out again. I got to put my teammates through the, the same ringer again. You know, it, it sucks all around. But at the same time, I'm already got my mind set on the camp. You know, I'm fast. I'm not going to sit here and keep thinking, oh, I should be a champ. Oh, I want my belt. Blah, blah, blah. I just got to go out there and do it again. And this time, do it even better. Yeah, absolutely. You know, again, it's not the definitive ending you wanted, and I know you'd feel a lot better right now with a million-dollar paycheck in your bank account, but do you feel like you still answered a lot of the questions people had going into this fight with your performance? Again, it's not the ending you wanted, but you were dominating, and you were really pouring on the punishment in that third round especially. And again, I want to be clear. We, yes, there were two rounds to go. We don't know. Weirder things have happened. We totally understand that. But do you feel like, at least in some way, you did answer the questions people maybe had about you going into that fight. People who thought maybe Nimkov was the best in the sport. Nimkov was kind of like the, you know, the best light heavyweight, whatever they wanted to say. Do you feel like you did at least answer some of those questions for anyone who was, you know, questioning where you were at in terms of your, your placement in this division? I a hundred percent believe I answered that, but about 90% of the people are believers. You know, still people message me commenting, Oh, you ain't that good. You just, this something happened or, Oh, you end up cheating to get to fit, blah, blah, blah. People are always going to talk. But I know I went out there and proved exactly what I said I was going to prove. I said it. The media was saying, Bellator, when they little promo, can Corey go out there and beat the untouchable Nimkov, who is 9-0 or 7-0, whatever he is, who's been untouchable and hasn't had anybody that can really compete with him yet. Like I made a caption yesterday, the media said he was untouchable. Overtime proves that was a lie. It was like, I went out there and did everything I said I would. The same thing, everything I said was going to happen in my fight breakdown, every time I told somebody, happened. John McCarthy asked, when does the finish happen and how? 
I said fourth round. So by the end of the third, I'm going to drain them out, and the fourth round, I'm going to turn it up. But as you guys saw, it was coming to an end. The fourth round, it was going to happen. Just like I said, I was going to take them down. I was going to drain them. And I was going to do exactly what I do to everybody now. Ground and pound. You just can't handle that weight, that force to drive. And I keep the same cardio on pushing pace the whole time. So anybody that's doubting my skill now, they just a hater of Corey Anderson. You know yeah. I mean? It's not like they see any performance or anything I did wrong. They just don't like Corey Anderson. No matter what they do, they're going to keep knocking me no matter what I do. So at this point, you know, like I said, I'm done. I stopped doing it for the people a while ago. I do it to prove it to myself and just show what I know. I'm just not done showing it. Like Mark Henry said after, he's like, bro, one thing I can say, at least we finally got to show these people what we already know. Everybody's yeah. seen what we finally been able to do in practice because I was telling one of my uh, my boys, the guy that was there in the crowd, my best friend, like, bro, if you think about it, I really haven't had to fight since the Johnny Walker fight. You know, I knocked him out. The next fight, I went out there, I got knocked out. I came into Bellator. I beat uh, Man Hoof. He didn't hit me. The next guy, he hit me a couple times. First time after that, I demolished him. Bader with 51 seconds. This is the first time somebody was actually coming at me and making me show my martial arts skills to show I'm not the same dude that fought February 15th or 19th, 2019, when I lost to Jan Black for the second time. Like, things have changed. I'm not the same person I was in 2014 or throughout my whole career. Y'all just haven't seen what I've developed to be it. And I still didn't get to show it off because a lot of things I didn't have to do. Yeah. I got to show a lot more of what people don't know. You were, and we talked about this pre-fight, Corey, you were already, you know, in your head, you believed without a doubt you were the number one light heavyweight in the sport. And kind of the same thing you just said right there. If you didn't believe so, you're just being a hater because you you had the dominant win over Glover Teixeira. But do you feel like this, even though the ending is weird, and then again, we're going to have to run it back. Like, do you feel like you did, beyond anything else, you cemented yourself as that number one guy in the sport? And no, there's going to be people who are going to say no because you're not in the UFC or some weird thing like that. I get it. I'll tell you right now, we do our own rankings. I'm going to put you at number one. Um, I don't know if that matters to anyone else. That's fine. They could say I'm stupid. I don't care, whatever. But I think you're number one. I'm going to put you number one. Um, do you feel like that, if, if there were questions about that, you just cemented your spot. Like they said, oh, well, you know, you, you lost to Jan, so you're still not number one. You just dominated for the better part of three rounds, you know, a guy who was on an incredible run. Nimkov was on a great run, man. He looked in- incredible so far in his Bellator run. And you went out there and dominated him. Weird finish, unfortunate finish, but you feel like you did cement yourself as that number one guy in the world. Oh, 100%. I told you when we talked last time, when I come back, we're going to talk to you. You can say, I am the best <laughs> in the world. Now, I didn't Bellator, but the best. And I went out there and showed me, man. I felt I truly, I truly felt and believe it. And now I really, really, truly believe it. Like I said, I expect that fight to be a tough one. Let's be honest. Like, I'm not going to say I went out there and it was like an easy fight, but at the same time, I made it look like I was the best. Like, I made it look like I was a champion. I went out there and fought and did everything I was supposed to do. So, like I said, if you go out there and you still knock at me now, you just a hater. Before that fight, like, oh, there's no way you're going to come close to beating him. He's so good. You won't even touch him ever. He's so good on the ground. If you did take him down, he's going to submit you. He's going to take you down. Now, all of a sudden, all these people quiet. It's just because they just don't want to see me shine. And that's all right. That's okay. Just say that. You don't have to go out there and knock my skills. Just say you don't like me. I'll take that over anything. (laughs) 
that's fine. We need haters. I need haters in this world, but don't sit out there and try to knock my performance just because you don't like me and try to get other people to believe your funk. So, uh, yeah, we are without a doubt, 100%. I know it. I believed it. But now it's like, there's no question. Like, in my head, I was thinking, I wonder how Dana White feels now. I wonder if he saw that fight. I wonder how he feels, you know? Granted, he might not have seen I just wonder, like, I just wonder, does he regret leave letting me go? Do they regret they didn't put that energy to promote me like they did other guys? Now they see what I can do with a little love behind me, with a little to feel like I actually belong somewhere, like they actually want me. You know, I think about it. I don't miss the UFC, but I just wonder if they ever look back and wonder, man, I wonder what if we actually put that promotion behind Corey, what could happen? Because now they see. The world sees, like, Corey is the best, man. You can't knock it. You can't say nothing about it. Just let me keep doing my thing. It's funny you say that because I was actually on a completely different conversation I was having before we talked today. I said that to somebody. I said, you know what? I was like, listen, I know you don't regret it. I know you don't regret your choice of going to Bellator. And I don't, I know you don't regret getting paid what you're getting paid and the opportunities you've been given. But I said, whether they'll admit it publicly or not, I can't imagine the UFC doesn't regret that because when you look at, the you know when you look at what you've been doing since then you know I just I again I know you probably don't even care because you're happy where you're at but like I can't help but wonder do they feel like they made a huge mistake letting you go considering what you've been doing like there's a lot of guys who leave in free agency we all understand that and a lot of them do leave towards maybe the tail end of their career or whatever but I think you're the one guy they're gonna look back on and say man we really we really boned that one up yeah they left before I even hit my prime you know I think I you could have had a kid that literally started his career there and finished his career. And if you put the right time in him, who knows what could happen if they show love. But the fact that I was spent all my time there fighting with them, and I, I feel like I left at the right time. You know, I was at a crossroad in my premiere, at my career right before my opportunity to fight for a title. I lost, but I hadn't even peaked yet. I hadn't even hit my prime yet. There was times, things I hadn't even learned yet. And if I hadn't left and went to D.C. and trained with him, at the same time, it's just like I learned so much from him, not just about training, but mentally. And that brought me to another level of my career. And then at the same time, I feel like I hit that age where my body started to develop more. I got stronger and things started to make more sense. So it's kind of like they let me go right in a transition stage. Or who knows? I came back. I might have got, you know, a little second wind in them. And they probably would have like, oh, this kid's actually a lot better than we thought he was. And they would have saw something in me. But we never know. We'll never know because now we're gone. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's one of those things that always I always scratch my head about. I'll never quite understand the logic. But again, I'm glad you're happy. And we all saw, you know, the disclosed paycheck. You know, not making a bad payday should have been a million dollars. That's a whole other story for another day. Um, at the post fight presser, you know, again, we don't know the extent of the injury to Nimkov. I know you mentioned, you know, maybe a broken orbital. Uh, Scott Coker couldn't confirm that, but he said they're hoping summertime. Again, I know this is two days removed. Ideally, would that be better for you? I mean, again, we got to find out what's going on Nimkov. Would you hope to get this settled sooner rather than later? Yeah, I don't want to get too comfortable in out of camp and just get to get busy and my schedule fill up. I don't have time to – well, I mean, I'm going to make time to train, but I have to cancel other plans I already made. Um, I talked to them. Actually, the next morning, me and the family got up. We went and found a place to get breakfast, and Scott – and Mike Cogan was actually in there as well. They were leaving when we walked in. And Cogan came up to me and confirmed, like, uh, they sent him in and got them all checked out. There. The border was not broken, just really beat up and a really bad cut. So they say once the cut is healed, we run it back immediately. As soon as his cut is healed, we tell him we run it back. Get back and can't. We're doing it right away. 
So it shouldn't be too long. It's not going to be as long as we thought, but they said we got to get this over with so we can move on with the division. It's already been a year that the title has been in the tournament. So now it'll be longer than a year, get this title finished and figure out what's going on from there. Yeah, and I assume, I mean, I think I know the answer, but like everything will be reset, meaning the million dollars will be back up for grabs, all that kind of stuff in the rematch. Yep, everything is back to the same. Go back to your contract, whatever's going to get paid. I don't know if it goes same thing for contract pay because that's now I have another fight in, and each fight it goes up. But uh, the million dollars in the belt, both belts will be on the line. Yeah. Um, let me ask you, you know, real quick. And again, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk again when the, when the rematch actually gets booked and there's a date and all that kind of stuff. And you've been to, you've had a couple of, re, you know, you've had, you've had a rematch before you understand that, but like, does your mindset change at all in terms of how you approach a rematch with Nimkov now that you know how you did against him the first time? I mean, you were very confident you were going to do exactly what you did in this fight, but you just went out there and did it. Does anything change in a rematch in terms of your approach, in terms of how you feel about, you know, fighting Vadim Nimkov again? No, this is a continuation. It never ended. You know what I mean? That's like the young fight. I went out there and really dominated him and got my win. There was no questions about it. Like I said in media and the press all throughout fight week, like when I went back into that fight, that was a fight it was hard for me to get motivated for. You know, I didn't want that fight. Yeah, I literally said it made no sense at the point, but like my manager said, like we can sit and you're next for a title fight, but if Jan comes back and fight again, he gets a win, they might give it to him. So if we go out there and we take this fight and just beat the crap out of him again, it eliminate him from that equation. So, you know, I took the fight, but I never really was, like, pumped for it. I never was excited to go out there to fight him again because it's just I felt I was way better than him, and that's why I went out there and was striking and trying to – I played games instead of going out there doing what I was doing. I should have run out there and wrestle. But so I was like, I'm just going to strike with him this time because he can't beat it cost me. This one is I never got my hand raised. So the same fire I had before was even more. You know what I mean? I got pictures with the belt. I've seen the belt. I've held the belt. I need that. So I'm not going out there comfortable thinking like, oh, it's in the bag. I'm going out there like he's going to be even more dangerous now because he knows exactly what's going to happen. He's felt it. So he's got time to prepare for it. So now I had to prepare for what he did well and even more things that could come. So I'm just, I'm now it's like, I feel like I'm more dangerous now. I'm going to be more dangerous the second time than I was the first time. Because now I'm like not angry, but I'm fired up for it. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Uh, we talked briefly about this going into the fight, Corey, because of where you're at, you know, and again, I'll say it now, number one light heavyweight in the sport, uh, you know, you don't have a vested interest in the UFC anymore, so I totally understand that. But I know we talked about before, like, you always kind of root for your past opponents to do well, and I said that about Glover going into the year fight. Can I ask your opinion on that fight? Like, do you believe Glover will be Yuri? And I'm asking that because you know, Glover doing well only makes your wins continue to look better. I mean, you dominated him thoroughly, and I'm not going to revisit that question again, but is there part of you that feels like, you know, Glover is going to prove he's the number two guy in, in the fight with Yuri? Yeah, 100%. He's a, I mean, that's like Glover is more like, I just got respect for Glover, man. All my points is Glover. Like, even I was in Vegas training P.I. with uh, Maga Ankalev before his last fight, and Glover came in, and we were, like, wrestling, like, and just joking around, talking. So I got a different respect for Glover. I don't even see the UFC when I see Glover. I see Glover, and I'm always going to be in Glover's corner. You know, granted, when people ask, oh, how you feel about it? Like, I beat Glover. Yes, I did. But I still respect Glover. We're message here and there. We're trying to get together and train because he's only two hours here from me. Now that my fight's rebooked, it'll probably be around the same time as his fight with Yuri. He or he or my opponent fought Yuri, and Yuri fought my opponent. So you know, 
we might just get together and train for that, you know, help each other in that aspect. But I feel he's just going to – we've seen Nemkov take Yuri down when it was in pro, or in Risen, but Nemkov doesn't have the jiu-jitsu that Glover does. When Glover gets you down, you usually don't get up. So I feel like he's going to take him down and take his neck, arm, whatever he want, and put him away early. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people are counting Glover out, and it's kind of ridiculous, especially when you see the struggles the year he's had on the ground. And Glover's a whole other animal on the ground. I mean, I think that's a guy you cannot allow to get on top of you. Look what he did to Jan. You cannot allow that guy to get on top of you. And like I said, that's a different animal. And I just, again, I think people are completely underrating Glover to share going into that fight. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. People don't really, they don't do their research, man. They see Yuri exciting with his spinning and all that extra weird stuff he does. But you have to look back and know somebody's what their weaknesses. And his biggest weakness is his wrestling. He doesn't have good wrestling. Nimkov took him down multiple times. Yeah, he kept scrambling and whatnot, but Nimkov doesn't have a have a solid jujitsu base. Now you go back and you watch any fight with Glover, he take you down, you don't get up. And if he does take you down, you get up, you take you down again. The next time he finishes, I know when I went into that fight, that was the one thing we knew he hit hard, but we knew no matter what we do. Don't end up on the bottom. Like if you take him down, don't get swept. If you start getting ready to sweep you, get up. Do not end up on the bottom. And we knew that. Because no matter how good my jujitsu is, he is just that much better. You know, and I'm not gonna say, say oh, I'm way better. Just, Hell no, I'm nowhere near close because jujitsu is over. And he's good at doing the MMA. Most people aren't. He's a great MMA jujitsu practitioner. And if you end up on the ground, so if jury do all that spinning and let Glover take him down, it's a wrap. Right yeah. I agree. I totally agree. Real quick before I get you out of here, Corey, I wanted to ask you, just because this was something related to your team, uh, and I know he had left and then was training down the American Top Team, but I'm, I know you saw the news this past week. Uh, your team and your friend Marlon Marias announced his retirement from the sport. And I know you worked in the same team with Marlon for years. Uh, obviously, you're a light heavyweight. He was a bantamweight, so I can't imagine you guys were sparring together. But you know Marlon very well. Can I get your thoughts on Marlon, his career, and, and him uh, you know, deciding to retire? Marlon had a heck of a career, man. I hate the way his career started to go down at the end, you know. But uh, we talked. He messaged me that morning, the morning of the fight. And I texted him, man, congratulations on the career. And I hope all the best for your future with him and his family. But, yeah, he was definitely – he was one of my coaches on the Austin Fighter. You know, he was one of the assistant coaches. He was there. He helped me a lot of things. I never really learned how to throw kicks. And he always showed me the motions of kicks, like the things that – using your core to throw the kick and check. And I remember – when I first got here, Mark used to make me, after I was done sparring, move around with Marlon. Not throwing points at him, but let him just throw kicks at me and learn how to check and block, you know. And uh, that was a good lesson that I needed because I had never thrown kicks, so I didn't know what to expect. So, you know, my mom was a huge part. He was close to my family. His wife and my wife was always talking and chit-chatting and hanging out. When uh, I was sick or hurt or whatever, he would come by and check on me. Marlon was always a great guy, you know, and uh, always had love for him and respect for him. And if he decided it's time to hang up the gloves, I respect his decision. And I uh, hope he finds something that makes him happy and fill that void in his life. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Corey, like I said, man, it doesn't give you the million dollars. It doesn't give you the championship. I know none of that, you know, that won't be fulfilled until you get the rematch and you get in there with Vadim again. But 
personally, and I, listen, I know you know I've said this to you before. I'm just going to say it to you again now. Like for anyone, I agree with you. Anyone that doesn't, you know, wants to discount your your performance and say other things, they're just being haters. Because if anyone had a question about who's the best light heavyweight in the sport, I think you answered that on on uh, on Friday night. You are the best light heavyweight in the sport. Um, again, unfortunate ending. I wish it had gone the extra three seconds and it would have just been over. But again, it is what it is. Uh, you're going to get the rematch. You get a chance. But I, I truly do believe, man. If, if anyone's questioning it, I think you answered those questions with the performance you had. You are the number one light heavyweight in the sport. I told you I'll rank you that way. I guarantee you I will. And I look forward to that. And I look forward to the rematch, man. So I know you're not, you're probably not going to get a lot of downtime right now, right? Like if they're going to rebook in the summer, are you going to take like a week off and just chill? Or how are you going to do it? Yeah, I'm going to take a couple weeks here. You know, I've been going nonstop since April 14th. You know, the first, well, since the camp for April 14th. So the first fight was April 14th. And I have been training, what, since the new year for that. So I've been nonstop avoiding vacation and stuff. So I told the wife, we're going to take a little time here. But, um, so we got the RV. We're going to try to load the RV up by the end of this week, whatever. Get it all hooked up and probably hit the road next week. Do a week road trip, go down south and come back. And then uh, her best friend gets married the next weekend. We'll go do that. And, uh, yeah, we get back into it. But in between, I'll be, like, hitting the bike and moving around and stuff to keep my shape in the right shape and my sweat going and keep my mind right. You know, if I'm sitting too long not doing anything, I just feel like I lost everything I ever learned in camp. So I'll be yeah. doing little stuff, like running and doing moving around, riding my bike or whatnot. But we'll get back in a camp camp within, like, two or three weeks. We'll go back full gun blown six days a week going hard again. No, uh, no hunting in between? Uh, I'm going to be hunting during, you know, because I already had trips. Like I said to Mike Coco, like I got two months of like scheduled different hunts, like hog hunts and different things, different things that go with the outdoor show. So I'm going to have to do those, but it'd be more on the weekends, you know, so just make sure I can get my training session to run or something while I'm there. But the stuff is already scheduled and paid for, so I can't really bail out on it. But when it get close to it, within the six to eight weeks, when I get a four date, six to eight weeks, everything else will stop. You know, I had to clear my schedule, anything I paid for will just be washed because I got to get this bill. That's more You're, important than anything. You have to take it out on Vadim Nimkov for making you miss out on some hunting trips, Corey. Hey, that was, this performance was. I already missed some stuff because of this camp. <laughs> so now it's really, now you got something already paid for. Now you really got to feel it. Anything I miss out on, I'm going to take it out on them. I love it. I love it. Uh, Corey, again, I know it's an unfortunate ending. I know it doesn't give you the million-dollar prize, but it was an incredible performance. I think you did submit yourself as the number one guy in the sport. Uh, again, anyone that's questioning that, I think they are a bit of a hater. Uh, but, again, uh, really enjoyed the performance. Uh, take a little time off. Enjoy some time with the family. Look forward to catching up when they rebook this fight. And thank you again for doing this uh, directly after the fight. I know sometimes, especially in a situation like this, you probably just want to decompress and not deal with it. So thank you for doing this with me today. I really do appreciate it. No problem, Damon. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you. I appreciate your words. And I'll always be in a real one. Thank you. We'll talk soon, okay? Yes, sir. Have All a right. good one. A big thank you, of course, to both Bilal Muhammad and Corey Anderson for joining the show with me today. Uh, of course, uh, very thankful, you know, days removed from their fights to uh, stop by the podcast to uh, chat with me about everything that went down over the weekend. Looking forward to whatever comes next for them. Of course, later this week, we've got a ton of fights coming up. Two more Bellator events. Uh, including uh, probably my most anticipated fight of the week, Patchy Mix taking on Kyoji Horiguchi. Cannot wait for that one. Of course, the UFC's got an event coming up this weekend as well. And uh, also a big boxing match with uh, Tyson Fury taking on Dylan White. So lots of, lots of fight stuff coming up this weekend. Lots of combat sports. 
Keep it locked in at MMAfighting.com. We got you covered. And make sure you always check out the podcast, The Fighter versus the Writer, and all your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and uh, you can always find the podcast over on MMAfighting.com. A big thank you once again for everyone tuning in to another episode of The Fighter versus the Writer. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you then. Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.